I would like to read actually the first 10 verses, Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. <clears throat> my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the table of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will, direct your, he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. <clears throat> Honor the Lord with your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your bonds will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Let's pray. Our Father in God, I again thank you and praise you for the opportunity to open the word of God. And Father, you are so gracious to us and certainly worthy of worship. And Father, as we study tonight, pray you be with the teens, the youth group, bless them abundantly and bless our study, help it to be able to be applied in our lives, we ask this in Christ's name, amen. Here tonight as we come to the study that the title could have gone both ways, does our spiritual life affect our physical health? Does our physical health affect our spiritual life? The answer is yes, by the way, in both. If you were not with us last week, we began uh, speaking about improving our spiritual well-being or the well-being of man. And I mentioned how there is an emphasis today on exercise, on health, on diets, and this and that. And I didn't, don't want to get into all the detail tonight. Um, but we did say that there's an obvious emphasis on that. And I don't know if you paid attention since last week's message, but I've seen it throughout the week again this week. And what I did try to do last week, and it is important that I repeat this in light of what I'm going to teach tonight, and that is we uh, laid down some foundational things to understand that is taught. Number one, and I'm just going to bounce over them. Number one, our lives are in God's hands. Our lives are in God's hands. He knows our days. He knows our hours. Number two, man's lifespan generally will be 70 to 90 it is 70 years, and if perhaps by strength it's 80, and in that realm, in the realm of the 80. So if we put the, the bracket there, it'd be 70 to 90 is the normal lifespan, if you, if you can call it normal, or man's expected lifespan biblically. Physical exercise is profitable, but it has limited profitability. It has limited value. It has absolutely no value with eternity, none whatsoever. It has only got value in this life. Food, number four. All food is acceptable today. All food is acceptable before God. Um, we are not to spend our time, secondly, we looked at that, we are not to spend all of our time worrying about it, uh, whether we're going to get it 
are all the details related to it. And all of those laws, I have been asked a couple of questions, all of those laws that pertain to Israel are not for us. If you choose to apply them yourself, that's fine for you. But they are, you have no biblical basis for it. There's no basis that we have to do it. And number five, obviously God has exceptions. Exceptions to what? Exceptions to the normal lifespan. Uh, exceptions in different situations. He allows, we saw the wicked to prosper. We know that. He allows some godly people to die young. And uh, sometimes uh, godly people to suffer because he has specific purposes uh, for them. So those are some of the things that we laid down. And I closed with the general principle that we pick up tonight, <clears throat> both in the book of Proverbs and throughout Scripture. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what is that? The general principle is this. Obedience to God and the fear of God and wisdom. You put those three categories together. Obedience to God, the fear of God, and wisdom does bring a better quality of life, if that's what you're looking for, and longevity. Again, understanding there can be exceptions to that, but generally, if you walk with God, if you fear God, and you use wisdom in your choices, you will have a better quality of life and longevity, so both time and quality. On the other hand, if you are disobedient to the things of God, if you are involved with wickedness or no fear of God, which is called wickedness. Or thirdly, you are foolish, or I am foolish. The same three, just the opposites. Disobedience, wickedness, and foolishness in decisions will bring a shortness to life and more problems, more difficulties in this life. And you can count on that, both young and old tonight, you can count on that as a general principle in what is taught in Scripture. So let's look at it <clears throat> now. Uh, tonight, let's consider some verses in Proverbs, and let's deal with, first of all, the principle that I just outlaid for you. And Proverbs chapter 3 is well known. Probably the only thing that's known well in it is verses 5 and 6. And it's often quoted. But in verses 1 through 10, we have the principles of what I have just said to you. And I will make it simple for you and an easy way for you to remember it, I hope, and an easy way for you to study it on your own. What is that? The odd verses of chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, the odd verses provide for us man's obligation, is the way I'll put it. Man's obligation. And the even verses, 2 through 10, give us the results of doing what God said. Watch. Verse 1. Don't forget my teaching. In other words, pay attention to what God says. Pay attention to what the Father was teaching. What is the result of that? Length of days and years of life. There's no way around it. And peace they will add to you. The two things are there. Length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. It will add peace to you in the days and the years of life. 
That is what is said. For what? Obeying, paying attention, not forgetting the commands. Verse 3. Watch. Don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the table of your heart. It's kind of the same principle, but it's talking about let kindness be a part of your life. Not only kindness, but truth. Where do you get truth? The word of God. Result, verse 4. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. You want a quality of life? You want that life which is pleasing to God? What are you to do? Obey God. Apply kindness and truth in your life. And these are some basic principles we should be teaching our children since they are very young. This is one of the reasons, and just stopping here for a second, that I continuously have done it with our children, and I do it with the young people all the time. Get into the book of Proverbs. And adults, get into the book of Proverbs. If you want to know how to walk with God, you really want to have a good quality of life, you really want to understand, look at some real basic principles. Let kind of, don't try to be the cool person. Don't try to be the person that's uh, unkind. Uh, don't be the person that doesn't care about truth. Don't be the person that doesn't care about what your mother and your father are teaching you. And you can see the principles are very simple. That is where verses 5 and 6 come in. Verse 5 is the obligation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. And to make that practical again for just a moment, what that comes down to is this. If you read the word of God and it tells you to do something and you don't understand why it would say that or you don't understand how that's going to work out in your life, obey it anyway. Don't lean on what you think. Don't lean on your rationale. God is not telling you to be ignorant. God is not telling you to be foolish. God is not telling you not to use your brain. But there will be times in life, I guarantee it, there will be times in life that you will look at the word of God and you will say, I know God's word says that, but I can't see how if I apply that in the situation, it's really going to trust in the Lord with all your heart. What is the result? Verse 6. Verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That goes back to verse 5. And he will make your path straight. What? That is the path that will be blessed. That is the path that will be the guidance. Verse 7 is the obligation. Don't be wise in your own eyes. What is that? Don't be proud. What does it come back to? Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. There's a lot there. It tells you don't be proud. It tells you what we've already said. Fear the Lord. And if you're going to fear the Lord, turn away from evil. We already studied the fear of the Lord. To, to fear the Lord, the evidence of it is you do turn away from evil. So when circumstances come up for you to sin, you know, somebody tempts you to sin, or your, your lusts want to take over, turn away from that. Results, verse 8, very interesting. Verse 8, it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. What is that? That is a physically healthy body. Physically healthy body. By what? Fearing the Lord, not being proud, and turning away from evil. And I won't expand a great deal on it, but I will tell you this. I have counseled a number of people, and when they, they were having persistent sin in their life in certain areas, one of the comments that has come to me a number of times is I'm going to tell you, Pastor Dan, having followed that, getting rid of that sin, 
has just given my body energy. Why? They were hiding the sin. They were worried about it. They were scared. They were frightened. All of those things were affecting them physically. That's what it says. You follow the Lord. You fear the Lord. You turn away from evil. You will have a healthy body. And you, I know you, some of you are probably even sitting there saying, well, I don't know that that's really what it means. Stay with me. Verse 9. Honor the Lord. You know, people talk about finances, the economy today. Look at it. The obligation. Honor the Lord from your wealth. I have said this before. I will say this publicly. It is on tape. And you'll hear me say it many more times. But I mean what I say. There is no such thing as somebody that cannot give to the Lord. If you have a penny in your pocket, you can give to the Lord. If you got here to church, you can give to the Lord. There is absolutely no. And so I understand we say those people that can't give. They're, the widow's might is a great example to me. She didn't have much. And what she had, she gave. And so, again, you can teach your children. So it says, teach them what? To honor the Lord from your wealth. And from the first, not the last, from the first of your produce. In other words, what even was produced, and you'll find that consistently in Scripture, the first fruits were to be given to the Lord. It shouldn't be what's left over, can I give it to the Lord? That's not cheerful giving. That is not sacrificial giving whatsoever. And it is not biblical giving. It should be that whatever you're doing, I don't care whether it's a simple thing like someone has a job of, let's say you were in a snow season, uh, our children used to shovel snow to earn some funds and so forth, the guys and whatever. We tried to teach them, first fruits, consider it going to the Lord. First fruits to the Lord. You can do that regardless of what the level is. That's what's taught. What's the principle uh, are the results? Interesting, prosperity, verse 10. For your bonds, so your bonds will be filled in plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. And you will find that's consistently taught in Scripture. You cannot give the Lord. You give the first fruits to the Lord. You keep him first, and he will fill your, <coughs> your bonds. In fact, some texts say press down, overflowing, all of that. And so very, very practical, I believe, and very challenging situations that we have here. People want to pursue longevity of life. They want to pursue the concept of a good quality of life. And right here in Proverbs 3 alone, there's some instruction. Don't forget the teaching. Let kindness not leave you. Trust in the Lord. Don't be proud. Fear the Lord. Turn from evil. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And what are the promising results? Over and over again, it's life, longevity of life, good quality of life, a healthy body, and prosperity. The very things that people are pursuing, but from the world's perspective. Now, let me try to answer the question that comes up. And as I read through a number of things in preparation, even for this study, a number of books on it, it, it is this. Is this just dealing with eternal life? Now, you might maybe you and I might look at it and say, well, I don't even, it's obvious, it can't be just dealing with eternal life, but you'll be amazed. That's the theological thing. That really, you know, there's no guarantee that it would add to your life. How can it add to your life? So it really must be talking about, you know, just the fact that you're going to have a better quality life in eternity and so forth, and that's what's meant in Proverbs. I don't think so. I think it's specifically dealing with this life. You say, well, that's your opinion. Let's take a look. Let me try to take some simple, simple verses, and then I'm going to come back and show you a bunch of verses on what I'm teaching right now. 
Well, go to Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27. <clears throat> Proverbs 27. Verse 27. Now, the word here in my English translation is substance, a sustenance, excuse me. In verse 27, and there will be goat's milk enough for your food, for the food of your household, and life. It's the same word that's used when it says that you will have longevity of life. Substance, a sustenance, excuse I said it again, sustenance for your maidens. That is talking about the practical everyday life here. It is not talking about eternity whatsoever. If that's not clear to you, go to chapter 31. Chapter 31, verse 12. Now, chapter 31, many people know that's dealing with the virtuous woman. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. It is the same Hebrew word that is used constantly in the book of Hebrews, and that was used when he said, it will add life to you in chapter 3. Same word. There is no question that is dealing with the longevity of the physical life of the woman. Go with me to chapter 4 of Proverbs. Chapter 4. Verses 20 to 23. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Very consistent with what we just studied in chapter 3. And he goes on and says, Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those who find them and health to their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it springs, flows the, uh, the springs of life. Verse 23 is worth memorizing, by the way, because it's out of the heart that things really flow. But notice, it, the way that's used in the context is clearly dealing with this life, body's activities, the life in this world. It's not dealing with the hereafter. And it clearly says that it will, they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. That's dealing with the physical. What is it? It's in connection with obedience. And that's why I've always taught, as far as I know, that physical exercise, physical caring about food is wonderful, but it's all temporary. It's got nothing of eternal value, zero. If you really want to know what has value for this life and the life hereafter, it's obedience to God, it's fear of God, and making wise decisions. And again, you, hopefully you were here for the last week's message. I don't mean by that being foolish. You, you want to examine things and whatever. But there needs to be a balance even on the emphasis. Chapter 14, I'll give you another one. Chapter 14. And this is all consistent with chapter, I'm not going back to it, but chapter 3, verse 2, where it says, Length of days and years of life and peace will be added to you. The length of days and years of life. What is it's talking about the physical life. Chapter 14, verse 30. A tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion and rot is rottenness 
to the bones. That's pretty self-explanatory right there. When you're at a peace in your heart, and where does that start? With peace with God, obviously. What is it? It's life to the body. It affects you physically, and it will affect you. And when there's a passion um, in, in that, and you can look at that in the context, and you, you see, what is it? Rottenness to the bones. It affects us physically. So now let's just look at a bunch of verses of what I'm saying then to you, that yes, it does affect us. And yes, the, if there's any promises of, at all of quality of life and longevity of life, it is coming in obedience, not in what you eat, not in how much rest you get, and you should get rest, you should watch what you eat, and not in how much exercise you do. And I can say that with confidence, knowing that I do exercise. And in spite of how many times you may see me eat pizza or chips or whatever, and I eat it all, you talk to my wife, and I think she'll, be, she'll tell you, I eat a lot of junk food, but I also am very careful with, with a number of things. I'll give you a simple example, just practically speaking. I find it very fascinating that people love to eat, um, what is it, a wheat germ and oats and all of that stuff in the morning. I love it. I was eating that since I was a kid. My mother would have that, and I loved it. So when I see people saying today, you know, I'm going to have that with, you know, for breakfast, and, oh, great, good, that's what I want. You keep your Cheerios, you know. And what I'm saying is I find it fascinating that that becomes a big health kick right now. So you, there is a balance here. But let's look at it. Let's look at a bunch of verses now. In Proverbs, then I'll step outside of Proverbs to show you it's very consistent. Go back to chapter 3, and I'm just going to go through them quickly. Chapter 3, verse 16. See if this is not consistency. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. What in the world are you talking about? Wisdom. Wisdom. We just went through chapter uh, 3, verses 1 to 10 and quickly. It says, my son, don't reject discipline in verse 11. How blessed is the man that has wisdom. What do we start with tonight? The fear of the Lord, wisdom and obedience brings these things. Brings what? Long life and a prosperous life. Riches and honor. Chapter 4. Verse 10, hear my son and accept my sayings. Why? And the years of your life will be many. Not only will they not be shortened, that's the promise of the Lord. Again, understanding what we've talked about earlier. The Lord knows our days and there can be exceptions. But as a general principle, what happens? Walk with the Lord, longevity of life. Chapter 9, verse 11. And I think this is a practical area to study because, as I said, I think today there's such an emphasis on wanting to live long or living long or the pursuit of prosperity and uh, having a good quality life. Well, look at the teaching of Scripture. Chapter 9, verse 11. For by me your days will be multiplied and years of life will be added to you. Where does that come from? Look at verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear the Lord, walk with him, know him, for by me, that is the wisdom in that, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to you. Chapter 10. This isn't just one verse saying this. Chapter 10, verse 27. Fear the, Lord, the fear of the Lord 
prolongs life. And if you really want to get into the specifics, the Hebrew word means days. It'll prolong your days. But the years of the wicked will be shortened. And there is the shortening of the life. And that's what happens. Sometimes people pursue things. They end up in jail. They end up in, they go out foolishly. They end up in accidents. Their lives are taken. And uh, sometimes other people's are as well. Uh, they don't want anything to do with the Lord. And I'm sure you know of people. I mean, honestly. You look at their lifestyle, and they pursued this, they pursued that, they pursued this, and by the time they're 40, 50 years of old, they're, they're choking, they can't breathe, they get all kinds of physical problems, and they die young. Why? Choices that they made, following after things they shouldn't have been following after. And that's a principle of Scripture. But we see again here in uh, verse 27 that... It clearly points out again that the fear of the Lord is what prolongs the days. Go to chapter 14 of Proverbs. Look at verse 27. The fear of the Lord again. It's a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. And you say, well, that's obviously talking about eternal death. Well, I don't doubt that there's an aspect of it there, but look at the rest of the passage in chapter 14, and you'll find that there's both aspects of it. It not only is a fountain of life, but it's a quality of that life, and it is now. Chapter 15, verse 24. The path of life leads upward for the wise, that he may keep away from the grave or sheol below. What is it that will keep you from a shortened life? And it's death. And it's very clear. The teaching is very consistent, I believe in scripture that is a man that is following the Lord. It's a path of life, one that's pleasing to God. Now, is that consistent with what we find elsewhere in scripture? Let me do a quickie with you. Go with me to Exodus 20. Exodus 20. Exodus chapter 20. Someone pointed out to me, by the way, and, I, uh, and it was very good. I really appreciate it just to share it with you. You know, these things are not mutually exclusive, that you can't have also the physical. Um, because frequently, I'll give you myself, when I do jog, that is usually most of the time. I can't say it's all, but I would say majority, high majority, all that time spent praying. So the two are working together. And sometimes people memorize scripture while they're doing physical things. It doesn't mean you can't do both. That isn't what I'm saying. But it, it, it's understanding, again, what the scriptures really teach. In Exodus chapter 20, look at verse, first of all, you know the verse. Verse 12, Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother. Why? Listen, that your days may be prolonged in the land. You say, Pastor Dan, that's Israel. Absolutely. So it was given to and their prosperity in the land. But what was it that gave them that prosperity and would prolong it? And said, what's the Lord your God gives you? It was honoring your father and your mother, obedience to the commands. Look at and contrast that with chapter 21 of Exodus and look at verse 17. He who curses his mother, our father, excuse me, and his father will surely be put to death. What a contrast. Honor your father and your mother, your days will be prolonged. I firmly believe in, in the concept uh, that's taught in Scripture of 
You honor your parents and you will have longevity of life. You don't honor them and you'll pay the consequences. And we don't know each individual situation. And so I, but I know I've looked at some and wondered, I wonder if that life was shortened because I knew how they treated their parents. And it is an issue of how godly your parents are, by the way. In case you're sitting out there and saying, well, if you knew what my parents were like, you ought to honor your father and your mother. It doesn't mean you respect what they did. It doesn't mean that they should abuse you. It doesn't do that. But you have the responsibility biblically to honor them all the time and to give them the honor that's due them because of the position that they hold as parents. Leviticus chapter 20. Leviticus chapter 20. Verse 9. If there is anyone who curses father or mother, he shall surely be put to death. Now, it's interesting. I saw a program just last week. I shared it with my Bible class, and I saw someone on TV. It was a big disappointment to me. Uh, it's the section that I saw. Um, but this was used by uh, someone who's a very uh, liberal uh, newscaster, and he was talking to somebody that's well-known in the Christian circles. And as he was doing that, he even said this. He said, the scriptures say that if someone curses their father and mother, they'll all be dead. He said, there'd be nobody around. And unfortunately, uh, the Christian person didn't respond like I hoped he would have. It would have been nice for him to turn around and say, yeah, that's right, because we should honor our father and mother, and then put things in context. But it says very clearly here, they should be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood guiltiness is upon him. There is no basis for that. Proverbs 20, verse 20. Go there. He who curses his father or his mother, his lamp will go out in time of darkness, is what it says. That's really dealing with his eye. In other words, his eye will close in death. You say, well, that's all Old Testament, Pastor Dan. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. No wonder, as young people, we hear, children, obey your parents. Well, there's commands given to fathers, too, by the way, not to provoke your children, for example. But Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. After it says, children, obey your parents, and the Lord, why? For it is right. Then he says this, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And it's true. You look at the commandments, we just look back at it. Now notice what he also says, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Try to make it anything you want to make it mean. I think it's pretty straightforward. And what we're saying is that is the principle. In other words, let me summarize it this way for you. Again, if you are looking for a high quality life, as you're living here, I don't know how many years you're going to have. We've already seen the probability is that you will live somewhere between the ages of 70 and 90. That doesn't guarantee anything. But the probability, even taught in scripture, is that will be your time frame, no matter what you do, unless the Lord shortens it for specific reasons or is using it in a different way. But in that lifespan, if you are looking for a, a good quality life, you, the youngest person in this room, 
You're looking for a good quality of life. You're looking to be prosperous in life. And you're looking for longevity in life. You would like to live uh, longer unless the Lord has something specific for you. Barring that specific purpose or circumstance, what the scriptures teach is this. Obey God, fear God, make wise choices. That's it. Exercise till you're blue in the face. Worry about all the food till you're blue in the face. All of that has is prosperity for this world ends there. That will have prosperity in this world and in eternity. And that's what is taught. Wisdom in our choices, and that can come to play in some of the things that I've said, and also fearing God and obeying him. If you want an example, and I won't turn to them, but I'll give you just two New Testament purposely. There are countless Old Testament examples. But I'll give you two because I know you're familiar with them. Most of you are anyway. Acts chapter 5, I won't turn there. Ananias and Sapphira lied and disobeyed and didn't follow God, and they were killed. That was an exception. You say, well, that was kind of a unique case. It was. 1 Corinthians 11. What happened there? Believers were not taking the Lord's table properly. And the scripture specifically says that some of you have died because of your behavior. The Lord had taken their life. And, and first, uh, is it first John? Second John. Uh, the one that there is a sin unto death, uh, and I don't say that you should pray for it. There is a sin unto death where the Lord will shorten and take your life because you're not obeying him. So the objective is, it does a, we are affecting our health by our actions here, and what should we do? We should obey God. So if you want a healthy life, a prosperous life, you're looking for longevity, don't look to what the world offers. Those things can have benefits and do have benefits. But as I opened up before, how much time is spent on that versus how much time is spent on thinking about obeying God, fearing him, and making wise choices. Now, are there any other things that affect our health and, and that are taught in the book of Proverbs? The answer is yes. Number one, let me give you this one. If you are patient and you have a patient heart or a peaceful heart, that will benefit you. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. I don't know about you, but I lack patience, and I really believe that our society, my wife and I comment about it a lot, and it happened again coming to church tonight. I am absolutely amazed. Sometimes the person behind you is tooting the horn before the lights even got green in front of you. They just can't wait. And I was in a situation tonight there were two, three cars. I was in the outside lane, and the light just changed as I came to it, so I kept going. And I didn't even get even with the cars, and the third car in the lane was tooting at the people, and the light was just changing color, and then sped up because I got by them, and then came zooming up out. Patience is not usually around with us. But Proverbs 14, verses 29 and 30. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he is quick-tempered 
exalts folly. And then what it says, a tranquil heart is life to the body. But passion, that's the context. Quick-tempered, that's what it's dealing with. Hot passion there. And the effects on our life, it, it does affect us. It says it's rottenness, rotten to the bones when we're quick-tempered, when we have lack of patience, and we will see that. People sometimes have strokes, I mean, if you really want to uh, deal with some of the practical things. Because they're so uh, quick-tempered, and, and, and not only that, sometimes make wrong decisions. It's very consistent with what it says in chapter 15. Turn there, chapter 15, verses 13 to 15. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. That, is, that affects the physical. What? If you uh, have a joyful heart, what's going to cause a joyful heart? And uh, what will give you a good countenance? It is when you're at peace with God, when you're obeying him. Verse 13, contrast. When the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. Is there effect between the physical and the spiritual? Absolutely. Absolutely there is. He goes on. The mind of the intelligence seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools seek folly. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart is a continual feast. It's pretty practical. A good heart. One, how do you have a good heart? Is it uh, just being kind to people? Well, kindness is a good thing, but no. Right with God? Following God? Fearing the Lord? Okay, let me give you another one. Turn with me to chapter 12 of Proverbs. Chapter 12, verse 25, gives two sides here. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. Let me just stop there for a minute. Have you ever been anxious for anything? Of course you have. I have. What happens when you're anxious? You feel the weight of it, don't you? It affects you physically. Sometimes you can't lose sleep. I, you can't lose sleep. I mean, you can't have sleep. You lose sleep over the fact that you're anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow. Sound familiar? And the Lord says, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Let everything take care of itself. But notice the other side of it. But a good word, now that's going to lead into my next one, a good word makes it glad. There's something for you to take away tonight. Encouragement. Words of encouragement help a person not just spiritually, but even physically. You can encourage them. And what can you give them for words of encouragement? You can give them the word of God. You can give them just calmness in a situation because you're there and you're listening and then you, you give them a word of encouragement. So our words can affect our spiritual health. That ties into the very next thing that I'm going to look at, chapter 12, verse 18. And that is how the tongue can be something that can heal the body. The wicked man desires the booty of evil men but the root of righteousness yields fruit, okay? That was verse 12 I read. I meant to read 18. There is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword. You know, I've done that. And I apologize because I've done it to people here. I've done it in my family. You don't want to do that. And there's nothing, that is a proud heart. Anybody that says, look, I just speak my mind and I do it and let the chips fall where I may, you better read the book of Proverbs because you're like a sword that just cuts. 
You destroy. You don't help. And I don't when I do that. Look at the rest of the verse. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. You know what that sounds like to me? What we've already learned in Ephesians chapter 4. Saying the word that's just right for the moment to lift that person up. To help that person through the trial. You know? Let me make it practical even with children. We just went through this with fathers and dealing with how fathers are not to provoke their children to wrath. We've been studying that with the men. Fatherhood on Saturday mornings. And uh, how you can just throw a dig at your child and just destroy them. Oh, you got what you deserved. That's real encouraging. Didn't I tell you that? Well, that really helps. You probably did, but you probably crushed them again. Whereas, well, son, well, daughter, okay, there was a failure there, but what can we do? How can we correct this? How can we get through this? It heals the body. Mom and dad, it just encouraged me. I failed, but they're there. They're going to help me through. We do that as Christians all the time. And I'm going to tell you, with the tongue, and I am one, what? A fundamental Christian. We have a tendency to destroy. Pastor Stringer used to have the, the expression, still does, I assume, that we try to look for the lint in the pockets. And we're ready to destroy people rather than really looking for how we can help them out. We do. Chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 4. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it, what does it do? Crushes the spirit. You ever have that happen? That uh, you even were excited about something? Sometimes it happens with young people because of jealousy. I tell you, where it really is, is difficult, you, you want me to get down to rubber meeting the road? Siblings. Can you rejoice when another sibling is successful and you're not? Not easy. Often it produces jealousy. All we look for ways, and then we rejoice when they fall. That's exactly what the scriptures are dealing with. But how great it is when you can have a tongue that rejoices and lifts somebody up. That's healing to the body as well. And I'm not disregarding medicine. That's not what we're talking about. But the scriptures teach this over and over again. We've actually gone past time. I got several others. We'll just have to finish it up next time. But let me give you one more verse on this anyway. Uh, let's go to chapter 16. Verse 24. Pleasant words or a honeycomb? Sweet to the soul. Is that all? No. It's healing to the bones. Let me make it as practical as I can be. Isn't it wonderful? How, how do you feel when you go to the doctor's office and you say, I don't go? Well, then it's a bad example for you. 
But how do you feel when you go to the doctor's office and you know you got to get blood work done? I'll make it that simple. And then you get the phone call and they said, everything's good. I don't know about you, but I know how I feel. Let me tell you that. Physically, it affects you. Simple words like that. Uh, you go to the doctor, he says, uh, does a physical exam, says, you're fine. I can't find anything. Or they run tests and things are fine. You feel good. That's, that's the practicality here. The practicality is even words, you hear them, and it lifts you up and it affects you physically. Well, if you experience that, and I know I have, and you probably have, then just think about how you talk to somebody else, because our tongue is something that can provide healing to another person. Not in the sense of putting medicine as far as physical medicine on it, but in the sense of really lifting their spirit, lifting their, even their bones, affecting them physically because we have used words to help. And so the answer to the question tonight that we had for you, and we'll kind of try to, I think I can wrap it up next time, but to go away with is at least this tonight. Our physical does affect the spiritual. The spiritual does affect the physical. And if you're looking for a good quality life and you're looking for longevity, look way beyond those other things. I told you last week I wouldn't stop jogging. I didn't. I jogged this week. By God's grace, he's allowing me to do that. Okay, so I'm not saying to disregard that. But all that has is the benefit of me physically here. But also what has the benefit of me physically here is the fear of God, is to obey God's law, and to make wise choices based upon truth, based upon what he's revealed. And that is also for you. And some of the ways that we can help people, we saw tonight, is by encouragement rather than anxiety, by the use of our tongue, words of encouragement. And one other thing we saw tonight was being patient, not being short-tempered, but being able to wait. And when something comes up, rather than causing yourself to have a headache where you need to go get an aspirin, just say, God, help me to be patient in this situation. Help me to calm down. Control my heart. And you'll see that it'll affect you physically as well. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father in God, I thank you that the book of Proverbs is practical. It deals with us where we live. And I do thank you that you've given us wise people, even in preparation of food, and also there's the foolish. I do thank you that you've given us the ability to exercise and that it does have benefits. But Father, I thank you above all of that. You've given us the word of God. You've given us instruction that can result in us making wise choices and that can affect our life physically here and help us to live a life that's prosperous. As we saw tonight, by making decisions, we can be pleasing not only to you, but also in the eyes of men. And yet, Father, we thank you and praise you that when we pursue the benefits of the word of God and following you and in the instruction of our parents, it can help us, Father, even in eternity. Not just the benefits now, but the benefit when we're in your presence. But there's lasting effects. And I pray that you'd help us to pursue the spiritual and help us to make wise choices. And we thank you for this time tonight. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.